2: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson. Week 13, not quite in the books. We've got a Hawaii-Nevada game going on out on the Big Island with an 11 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. We are here just before midnight on the East Coast with a, a bevy of uh topics to get into not only from Saturday but also from Friday and uh, the college football weekend as a whole it's so funny I, w- I was trying to put together all my show notes and you know I was looking at, at all the excellence that we had seen you know we saw five touchdowns from Mac Jones we saw 400 yards passing from Trevor Lawrence Kyle Pitts had three touchdown grabs on five receptions and I want to talk about Michigan. <laughs>
3: Really? Why? (laughs) Of all things to say, I I didn't expect that to be said.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think could be cut, and I want to talk about Michigan because I was one of the last ones to hold out. I, I was, I was fighting this fight of like, you guys don't understand how inside at Michigan they love Jim Harbaugh, and you guys don't understand that you know as long as Jim Harbaugh is hitting graduation rates, as long as he's running a scandal free program. That, you know what, like, they're going to hold on to him a lot longer than anybody else who on the outside is going to look at that 0-5 record against Ohio State and be like, well, you should get him gone. But, I mean, today was it. It's at home. It's to a Penn State team that had zero wins going into it. If There's no turning back now.
3: Really?
1: I don't – like, Penn State's better than Michigan. I was saying that on the pod this week. That's why I took Penn State. I think that's why 3 of us took Penn State as a money line sprinkle. We expected this to happen. But did you don't, you, you don't you don't think
2: that uh on its face value, you think that the Jim Harbaugh could be coaching Michigan in 2021?
1: I don't think today changed that equation at all. Ooh. I mean, is is losing to an 0 and five Penn State worse than needing three overtimes to beat Rutgers?
2: Yes. Because it's at home and because it is uh the, the but game there's nobody at home. The stadium's empty. The visibility, like there's there's a little bit something more to losing in the, the noon slate on ABC than there is to losing on the Big Ten network at eleven PM. <laughs>
1: I mean, Michigan. I Michigan
2: men and women respect bedtimes, and I don't know how many of them stayed <laughs> yeah. up for all those overtimes with uh, Rutgers. I'm pretty sure that ran into a, a recording of this podcast.
1: I don't know, Barton. What do you think? Do you think this is like? Any, do you think anything changes because of this?
3: No, because I think that this is a mis- This is a Penn State team that snake bit to be zero and five. It's not some. It's not some horrible team, and so. I just, I just think this is the, this is the season that we're in, and records look weird. And I'm not saying that Jim Harbaugh is like, all Gucci, but like, this isn't, this doesn't change anything for me. This was two, two teams. Someone had to get a win. I mean, if, 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 if Michigan had beaten Penn State, and Penn State goes to 0 and 6, I'm, I'm not suddenly saying Jim, uh, James Franklin's going to get fired, either. I, right. I just now, now that that said, I think that if we don't see Jim Harbaugh uh, at Michigan next year, that wouldn't shock me. I think it would be it wouldn't be him getting fired. It would be him sort of exiting and taking another job somehow. I don't. Think, I still don't think that's going to happen. Um, but this was another this was another another not a great look.
2: Um Well no, listen, it, I'm glad y'all are still on that ship that I used to be on. I'm just letting you know that I'm jumping off. That I just I, I think that So you think this was like okay, you now think you think need this to was be fired? It? I I don't think that this was it, but I do think that this was uh I think this was a winnable game. And I think they looked bad. Like they looked like an awful football team.
1: I I agree that they looked bad. It's just I don't think I don't remember them looking good outside of that Minnesota game. And if we went back and we watched that in retrospect, knowing what we know about Minnesota that we didn't know then, I don't know how good Michigan would have looked in that win. I just it's to me he could be gone. It's the same situation. We've talked every week. He's not going to get fired during the season. I don't think he's going to get fired after. No, the season. no, no.
2: And and that's not what I'm about. I like, I, I it's definitely more in the big picture. Um, it, what were we planning on this off season? I don't know. I had no expectations. We're in a pandemic. It's a weird season. What do I think right now at 1126 on Saturday, the 28th? I think that Michigan, Texas are going to be open. And that means we're in for a wild, wild coaching carousel. People were talking about how it's like, well, you know, with the pandemic, don't expect much. Like if Michigan and Texas are open, no holds bar, that's it. Like it's just game on across the country
1: well here's something i want to present to you guys because i was watching this game it was like a conversation that dave and mike golick were having while calling the game first of all barton you'll be happy to know that mike golick kept saying that if jim is going to be back michigan needs to extend him because you can't be a lame duck recruiting so i'm I'm sure you'll be thrilled to hear that (laughs) but the other part was they were talking about the michigan job and they were saying you know how you know rich rod wasn't a michigan guy he didn't fix it uh, Brady Hoke was kind of a Michigan guy. He he did better than Richard, but he didn't fix it. And then Jim Harbaugh is the prototypical Michigan guy and he's done well, but he hasn't done well enough. And then Dave Pash, you know, they were talking about like, okay, well, who can you get to who who who's like a replacement for Jim Harbaugh that's going to be the guy that fixes this program? And Dave Pash asked a question that I was kind of taken aback by. And I just want to know what your guys' reaction to it is. He says, Well, who knows how attractive a job Michigan is to these coaches?
3: I think it's still a pretty attractive job.
1: So do I. I just wanted to make sure because <laughs> when he, I was like, I, I think Michigan's still a very attractive job. It's Michigan.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, they're, they're you know Ohio State's a better job. Um, yeah. Uh, Texas is probably a better job, and I'll, you know, I'll, you know, there's there are the handful of jobs that are better jobs. And
2: Texas might be a better job, but I don't know if I'd want Texas right, over right, Michigan. Yeah. Right. And you know what, that, that's yeah. a, and that's part of the decision here, right? Isn't it a lot of like the flavor and the fit and the culture and the personal style?
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, if I'm a coach, I think Michigan's a better fit for me than Texas would be. But that's just because there's too many cooks in the kitchen in Austin.
3: Yeah, you could probably make a case that Michigan's a better job than Texas, just given the simple fact that Jim Harbaugh hadn't fired yet, like. The, and and to, uh, I will say this, though, to, to address the um, coaching extension thing, I, I laugh about how unnecessary it is to extend coaching contracts due to, 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 quote, recruiting, and yet it would be pretty interesting if they don't extend his contract yeah. after this year and he's literally in his last year of the deal. That might impact recruiting, but... Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know what you do in that situation. So Michigan, regardless, is in a little bit of a tricky spot here at the end of the season.
2: Okay. So, um, sorry to take y'all down my, my little like, it, it was, it was maybe already arming myself for the emergency podcasts and the emergency HQ hits that are going to come with, uh, with, with Michigan and Texas being open during the holiday season, you know, just trying to make myself ever ready.
1: Do you think that, Texas is done or Herman's done this week, or is he going to finish the season?
2: I think he finishes the season, but there might be a, the last game is Kansas.
3: Who do they have between then? Kansas, Kansas state. state, Kansas state, state max and they have Kansas and that's it.
2: I don't think it's a good idea to send that team into the Kansas state game in Manhattan without its head coach. Even if it is a head coach is probably going to be fired. What do you think?
3: he was so close to getting through this thing. I know. You know? I mean, cause he's not going to lose to Kansas, obviously. And Kansas, I feel like Texas is in its current state, a better team than Kansas state. Now, first half of the season, I'm not sure I would have necessarily even said that, but right now I think they're going to beat Kansas state. And so he, he almost made it out alive. Now he, I guess technically he still might make it out alive, but the, the narrative that we've heard or that I that, that's been sort of buzzing around the message boards and, and the the Texas insiders is that he had to win out after those first two losses. And he he hadn't won out. He he just lost Iowa State. Um and I thought it was interesting and I and I, I want to mention this on the podcast because I did mention it when we did an HQ hit together um about Iowa State and, and Texas. And I had a a, a Big 12 staffer um, tell me that he said that. Um, you know, surprising, like Texas doesn't look that impressive physically. He's like they, it's they're they're unimpressive, they're underwhelming physically. Um, which is obviously is 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 an indictment on their development because they recruit freaks, right? And he said on the flip side, and this is this he told me it's like two weeks ago, so this is had nothing to do with the matchup this weekend but just he said on the flip side Iowa State looks like an NFL team. And so that to me is 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 a really strong representation of just sort of what's the what the problem is here. It's just it's not recruiting or it's not like whatever like quarterback play or coaching it's it's development. And the development is lacking at Texas and it's not lacking at Iowa State and Matt Campbell gets the most out of his roster. He gets the most out of his roster at Toledo. He gets the most out of his roster at Iowa state. It's it's a, uh, what was the Brees hall quote, five-star culture, just be five-star talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that that that's why like when, when a job like Michigan comes open, like Matt Campbell is, is a great candidate for that. And, and for any of these other big jobs that fit him, that will allow him to build his culture and his roster the way he wants to and, um, because that's that's why Iowa State's really good.
2: I do think that I'm allowed to blame, and I know that uh, it is indirectly a blame, but it, it still's got to fall at somebody's feet. Texas is dead last in the Big Twelve and penalty yards per game, and doesn't it just seem like anecdotally when you think about watching Texas, they're just, I mean, they they're just not sharp. I mean, just not really a, a particularly sharp team. They tried to execute that fake. It was what was it? It was the fake. And then it was coming up short on the fourth and one, like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden a 10 point lead is gone. And then you've lost the game. I mean, it was uh, all that doesn't necessarily fall on the head coaches table, but I can put that on the coaching. It has not been a particularly sharp team
3: for the last two years. That's fair. Absolutely. And there was some there was some I'm, I'm sort of it's hazy now. I feel like this happened a week and a half ago. It was Friday. <laughs> but, there, <laughs> but there was some um, there was some pretty like questionable clock management and and there were some issues late in the game there that, that Sam were... Ellinger took a sack that if he doesn't take, I think that Cameron mm-hmm. Dicker can make
2: that field goal. Yeah. It ends up being
3: maybe like five or six yards further back. But don't, but don't, I mean, don't, don't you dare, don't you dare use Sam Ellinger's name in vain in this situation. Sam Ellinger, Senior Day Sam nearly pulled this thing out. I know. See, I I was sitting there holding my Iowa State ticket thinking, uh, how, what did I do betting against Senior Day Sam? And it was, it, you know, he did the whole deal. He did the whole routine. You know, I'm a run for yards and take hits and play, play hurt and cut it out. And it looked like he was just going to do it again at that final drive. And then he took that sack.
2: I disagree. The body language on the uh, sideline before that final drive was bad. You oh, really, nobody was, you, I didn't see a lot of people around him. I didn't see everybody coming up. I didn't see him like bobbing his head, like going up and down to the offensive line, daffing oh, everybody up.
3: Senior day Sam's a beaten man.
2: Senior day Sam's yes. been through a lot.
1: Did, did you see the quote from him after the game? Which when one? There were several about-
2: interesting ones, including where he's like, "I guess this whole game was like 2020, man." <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> no, the one, the one where they asked, like, they they asked him, like, "Do you think this is whatever? Is this on the coaching? You know, what's the problem here?" And he just said, "That's it's the million yeah, like, dollar That's million question. question." That's yeah, the million just- dollar question we've been trying to figure out for ten years, and I was like, "Whoo!" Sam is uh, Sam's.
3: It's like okay, well, Sam's clearly done. <laughs> I will say, Chip, hearing you say that is it's funny to think because like that that is a stark contrast to the beginning of his career. Do y'all remember like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Sam yes. in that like USC game when he when he first became iconic and obviously different environment and the crowd's going crazy and mom's in the stand and mom is like, she's not doing any of like the nervous mom like holding her eyes, like covering her eyes stuff. (laughs) She's like dancing and like (laughs) just so loose. Like you can totally see where he gets the moxie from. And then here you are just over the last, what four years, he's just been beaten up and beaten up. And as a senior day, Sam moment arrives and he's just like, doesn't have anything left in the tank. That's, that's kind of a, that's quite the microcosm.
1: It's like when when they show you the picture of the president on his first day in office compared to his last day in office. <laughs> right. It looks like he's yeah. aged 20 years yeah. every single exactly.
3: time.
2: <laughs> he's he's spaced out. He's become a nihilist. He's really questioning a lot of things right now by the end of it. No, I, was, I had the uh, uh, shout-out to the film room, as always. I had his senior day Sam video teed up and ready to go for when – that final drive was going to end up in a touchdown, but stayed in drafts. Delete. <laughs> um, okay. Well, sorry to take y'all to to Michigan and Texas right off the jump. Were y'all really excited to talk about the excellence of an Alabama or a Clemson or Notre Dame from Friday? What's up? What's burning on, uh, on y'all's minds tonight?
1: I mean, I think the bigger win was Notre Dame because I feel like North Carolina was the last real hurdle for them between now and the ACC championship. But I think the more impressive win was Alabama because even though like they are supposed to beat Auburn, it's just, you know, Nick Saban's not coaching. He, he can't be there and they just still go out and completely annihilate their rival and, It's like I tweeted it. Barton's mentioned it on the show last week where he feels like, you know, you said that they're like a tier above everyone else. And I think when I was watching today's game, that was really it just kind of struck me. It's like, my God, they're they're back to death machine days because now the offense is completely unstoppable and the defense on the other side isn't giving up anything like we remember earlier this year where they were that was problematic they were giving up yards that the old Miss game the first half against Georgia and even last year we're like there were problems in the secondary defensively they were getting torn up now obviously they haven't played an elite offense in a few weeks but still they are just in killer destroy crush kill destroy everything that gets in their way mode and it's like you're watching it and, and like Clemson showed a little bit of that again today which was nice to see but still just watching Alabama right now compared to watching everybody else in the country. I'm just like, I I don't see anybody beating them. And that today was just like another kind of reminder of that
2: the dudes are incredible. I mean, it's just like, I mean, Barton, you're shaking your head right now for those who can watch on youtube.com slash cover three or in the CBS sports app on the OTT device. I mean, I just, I like from, from the time that we share here on the cover three podcast and talking about football in the group chat, a little bit aware of when, like you know, Will Anderson's in there, all of a sudden, like making plays. Obviously, Malachi Moore already has a couple picks on the season. He showed out in a couple of SEC on CBS games, but it's just up and down this depth chart on the defensive side. Like we don't have, what, we don't have a uh, Quinn and Williams that we have designated as like the true superstar that we all gravitate towards. Dylan Moses is probably the most important in terms of like what he means to that whole group. But the defense is just dudes, and the dudes are just playing so well right now.
3: Yeah, and I, and I think that, in a lot of some of the the flashier plays on the Alabama defense right now are showing up out of the freshman class. Oh my gosh, it's incredible! Will Anderson, Tim Smith, um, Malachi Moore, uh, Brian Branch—like the, these guys are these guys are making a ton of plays right now. And so the I, I think that that was a really um, Timely com- comment you made, Tom, about it. Is it feels like the Death Star is back, or the Death Machine is fully operational, whatever it was, because it does, and it's it's the defense is, is sort of why. Like we're not the offense is is the given at Alabama. All of a sudden, it used to be the other way around. Now the offense is the given, and now okay, the defense. You know, that first half, I think they ended up giving up like four and a half yards a play. The first half, they're giving up like three point seven, and 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 I, I do think it's a uh, when you contrast, like Kirk Herbstreit, I'll go, go back to the North Carolina Notre Dame game. So after that game, I was like, "Man, that was the really impressive win by Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Like it was a complete effort. Man, that defense got after their ass. Like
2: seventy-eight yards in the second half. North Carolina's offense averages five fifty, and they were held to seventy-eight after halftime. Total domination by that defense.
3: And there's a lot of accolades that that we need to to throw it at that game but you know as kirk herbstreet even tweeted after the game like this team should be the number one team in the country and i get the like um the like the emotion of like seeing that performance and thinking you know what complete team offense defense special teams disciplined yada yada number one team in the country but it's it's sort of a ridiculous. <laughs> Steven, <laughs> think about it. Like it's Alabama. Like they're clearly the number one team in the country. And then against Auburn, they showed it because th- those are similarly ranked teams. I mean, they're different challenges because they're very different teams, but they're similarly ranked teams. And Alabama just absolutely stomped on Auburn's throat from the first snap to the last. And I, I don't. I'm sitting here thinking about now maybe Clemson. I don't know. Can they get this thing clicking? Uh, Can they get angry?
2: Wide receivers were looking good. I'm, I'm all the way in on your boat of like, this might be a wide receiver off. Like, how do you win the college football playoff? You just have more better wide receivers. EJ Williams had his first career start today. Bald. Like, Joe Joe is starting to get out there, and somebody had a funny comment. He said, The defensive back who lined up on the opposite side sort of held his hands out, like, What do I do with this human being right here? Like, this is not what I'm supposed to be guarding right now. Um, Clemson might, but uh, even then, it's not proven. Like, Cornell Powell's had a great moment, and like Ohio State, you could say, you know, Garrett Wilson, Alave, but.
3: But Uh, let's be real. Like let, let, let's, let's not carry our preseason, um, expectations for Ohio state into what they've shown us this year. Then it's just Clemson. They have not shown us that they're anywhere close to Alabama right now. They really haven't. I mean, if we're just being honest, um, we think we thought they were, and we sort of, we, we kind of, um, you know, painted them into that box, but they're, they're not like, Maybe they prove it. Maybe they change our minds. But they're not right now. It's Alabama and everyone else, and and maybe Clemson if Trevor Lawrence can get rolling.
1: Plus, we all know Illinois would have beaten Ohio State if they played the game today.
2: <laughs> they so. didn't want that smoke. <laughs> they were scared. So is Ohio State just like not going to play for? Or Ohio State and Wisconsin going to play each other on the Big Ten championship <laughs> weekend in a game that is more the of a college game. football playoff? Play-in game than the actual Big Ten championship game.
3: Northwestern Indiana playing in the Big Ten championship <laughs> <Yes>. game, <laughs> and then and then the side court. It's going to be Ohio <laughs> State playing Wisconsin. I mean, we're not or, far or from or that, right? Earth. Oh, yeah. no, it might very well be, ha- be it. Oh, I mean,
1: I, I jokingly said on Twitter after Northwestern lost to Michigan State, and it was a joke, but there was also very much a hint of truth to it. I said Northwestern fans should just be happy because at least now you get this out of the way, so that way you won't be angry later when you're an undefeated Big Ten champion and the college football playoffs selects a 4-0 Ohio State over you.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I said that uh, at least it wasn't to a division foe, you know? Northwestern took this dumb loss, and they're still going to end up winning the Big Ten West. Hang uh, a uh, banner.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you can lose to <laughs> Michigan State, you can. Oh. Well, actually, you know what? Northwestern is going to win the West because their game next week against Minnesota will probably be canceled, which means that they, you know, even if they lose to Illinois. Wisconsin's probably not going to have enough games. So yeah, no, they'll probably win it on default just next week when that game's canceled.
2: The way I was looking at it is I think that both Minnesota and Illinois are too far back in the head-to-head tiebreakers that they have against Iowa uh and Wisconsin. I guess Wisconsin's also uh got its own issues, but they're close to getting it wrapped up.
1: I got I side note, I got so mad today when Rutgers beat Purdue because it just confirmed my theory that had Illinois had Brandon Peters or Isaiah Williams for that Purdue game, they win that game and they're three and two right now. And had they had them for the Minnesota game, they might be four and one.
3: <laughs> Who's the who is the um, national coach of the year right now? In y'all's opinion, is this a Pat Fitzgerald? Is that where you're leading me? No, I'm thinking like, is it Greg Schiano?
1: Oh, I I don't I think you could make a really good logical argument that it should be because they have won two games. And they have looked competent in their losses, so when you compare that their performances this year to what we've seen from Rutgers in recent years during the Chris Ash era. do and you the guys the remember when era. I
3: tried to punk y'all and make you look stupid by reading off all their their margins of defeat last mm-hmm. year yeah for their schedule that was a that was a, just like a stupid, stupid season, yeah.
1: And that's that's a, like I don't think he can win it with like a two and six record. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's enough people who do it. But if you wanted to make the argument that no team has been improved as much this year, then Greg Shiano has improved that Rutgers program in one off season, in one really messed up off season. And yeah. He, he, he's, he should probably get at least a few votes.
2: I think you've got to give it to the first coach to get to 12 games played, so it's Jake spavittal for the 2-10 and Texas State Bobcats. Got there, Because they That's got 12 games off. Now well, Jeff, to, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Halfley, Halfley should get, get some, up. too, yeah. yeah they they haven't a single
3: positive test. Zero COVID positives. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive.
2: Uh, All right, coming up on the other side, we start to take a look around the rest of the country, the highlights that stood out, the players that need to be celebrated, and much more next.
0: The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure, What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.
2: Do you want to go back to that Notre Dame North Carolina game, Barton?
3: Yeah, yeah we can go back to that. What what was uh? How how you feel about it? So, I tweeted this out. I thought this was this is like, I thought this was very uh, representative of just how impressive this defense is and has been under Clark Lee. So they they first quarter, y'all remember it because I think you may y'all. I don't even know if y'all are playing the total, but we were talking in the. In the text thread about the total a little bit and you know they scored a bunch of points Notre Dame gave up like 145 yards in the first quarter all right second quarter the defense gave up like 78 um halftime comes they've settled in third quarter they give up 45 I think and then fourth quarter they gave up like 37 so and 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 by the end of the game you just had zero confidence North Carolina could figure out a way to score no and, and, and it's just I mean they're just so good a at making adjustments on the fly they're so good at the linebacker position um, they're so good on the defensive front they've got they, they played most of that game without Kyle Hamilton who got yeah. kicked out with a um,
2: targeting call in the targeting. second quarter
3: I just man like they're just so fun to watch they held um, Travis
2: Etienne to 28 yards rushing. I mean, you go and you look at how they've played against the best running backs on their schedule, and Javante Williams and Michael Carter, the one-two punch is, is right up there with them. Some of the best rushing attacks you're going to face. And they just stuffed it out. It was incredible.
3: And Ian Book, he's still playing good ball. Uh, And and so I, I, I don't know if I – um, I don't know if – how confident I am that they can get in there and run with, with an Alabama. I don't even really know that I'm feeling very confident that they can, uh, be Clemson in round two, but I am very confident that are like, they. I, I, this is not some top four team. That's just, Oh, they figured out a way and cute little Notre Dame. Just like, this is a really, really good football team. And, um, I'm anxious to see what it's going to do with the challenges that are ahead because they'll, they'll, they'll have some sort of game plan. They'll have something ready for whoever they're playing, whether it's Clemson or Alabama or whoever. They'll, they'll, they'll put together something that's got to, that gives them a pretty good shot.
1: And I feel like as long as they can avoid the four seed, I think they have a realistic chance of winning whoever they face in the semi if they get to the playoff. But at the same time, if they do get that four seed and they do have to play Alabama – I mean, I, don't, I know this is kind of like, you know, a, a, a consolation prize, but I think they'd cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what, do you, what do you
3: think that line would be? I I would guess 16, that... 16, 17, something like that? It'd probably
1: be, yeah. I feel yeah. like Alabama's going to be a huge favorite over anybody it plays, but I think that I think they could keep that into the single digits no matter what the spread's at.
2: Give me, I would say, 15 and a half.
3: Yeah, 16, 17 sounds high, but... It's still it. It is going to be a big number, whatever it is.
2: The uh, the the long longer layoff, I feel like never does. Notre, Notre Dame's great to catch you. You know when you're just you're not ready to just play some fundamental sound football for sixty minutes. When you can when you can put together that perfect game plan, uh, and you are you are Alabama. That of course is always an advantage.
3: Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about the Pac-12? Bruh. I, I'll I talk about... I think Pac-12 is out, by the way. Yeah. Just flat out, like, they're done. Like, they, they do not have a chance of making the playoffs. I agree.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was going to yeah. say, I I did find it kind of funny, like, where I agree. I don't think there's a Pac-12 team that's getting to the playoff, but it's when, when Oregon lost on Friday night... And everybody's like, well, there goes the conference's only hope. And I'm sitting there like, well, you know, Washington's still undefeated. And then USC is still undefeated and Colorado. But it's like, yeah, especially after the way Washington played tonight where it got down 21 to nothing and it came back and won. Like they're undefeated, but nothing about Washington to this point in the year is making you think, oh, yeah, that's a team that's going to run the table. That's a dominant football team. So, well, yeah.
3: And not only that, but if they do run the table, uh whatever it is 6 and 0 i guess that's mm-hmm. the best case scenario for them a 6 and 0 washington is not making the playoffs no. i i feel very confident in that and i think of whatever a 6 and 0 usc same thing um 6 and 0 college. like none of those teams have shown have shown enough in their wins to make the playoffs with the limited slate of games that they're going to have the opportunity to play
2: two loss big 12 champ gets in ahead
3: yep I think yeah, so.
1: yeah,
2: and that is fascinating, given where we're at with an o- Iowa State Oklahoma rematch. And if you are, if you've got the Pac-12 knocked out, then you're just basically comparing your resume against a one loss, what non conference champ from the SEC potentially.
1: Especially if you look at the precedent that the committee's already kind of sent, or at least the the hint in that, like there's the only real. Reason you could say that Clemson deserved to be ranked number three ahead of Ohio State number four was that either A, the loss without Trevor Lawrence didn't count, or B, well, they've played more games, so we could forgive them for that loss. Whereas Ohio State's only played what four games or whatever it is at that point. So, like, clearly, if a Pac 12 team is six and oh, and like Oklahoma's nine and two, they're going to say, well, the nine wins are greater than six, even with the two losses, right?
2: It seems like the when it comes to comparing some of the resumes among teams with similar losses, they really are just going to go by how many of those wins are good. Mm -hmm. And I will give you more points for those. You've got more dollars. Congratulations. You played more games. You've got more value. You're going to be ranked ahead of the teams that started later and don't have as many games. Um, And I'll say that. I don't, I don't know if I disagree
3: with that. I don't, yeah, I mean it's hard it's hard to win a lot of games it's hard to survive a lot of games hard to stay healthy for a lot of games it's,
1: it's a lot easier to lose when you have to play 10 games when you only have to, then only have to play six
2: yeah we had uh which is why Jake Spavita, the two and ten takes that's state. why
1: the, the fight and spav should be in the top 25 it's not fair
2: um okay I'm trying I'm pulling up did uh D- did y'all see the the sweatiness for uh, for NC State at Syracuse?
3: I just... I, I, I saw... The fake spike. I saw I heard how it ended. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, Jarrett Patterson, Buffalo. You're wearing the Buffalo hat. We can't let this podcast pass without... Highlighting the uh, nearly record-setting performance, 409 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns, ties the FBS record. 409 leaves him 18? Short? Uh, 427. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. my J.P. Ryan. So Okay. Um, the incredible moment as Jarrett Patterson, who, by the way, was just – Um, they meant Ross Tucker mentioned this on the broadcast, but every single time he was on the sideline, he was on the exercise bike, right? I mean, he's just, the man ran for 409 yards, but then also spent like probably three and a half miles on the Peloton on the side. And they took him out at the very end of the game when he was within the number of yards potentially of setting this new single game yardage record. And what happens backup running back runs for a touchdown. Into possession, brutal. I thought,
3: he, I thought he tapped himself out. I thought he. I th- maybe I was missed that. I thought I saw him go. Know.
2: Oh, do this one, yeah. Like yeah. Coach, like pull on the jersey,
3: like. But but after the game, Lance Leipold said that like he didn't realize that he yeah. how close he was and that he you know wish he hadn't taken him out or whatever.
1: And I will say, like I could, I could forgive Leipold for not knowing because he's kind of busy coaching the game. But how does somebody on that staff? back up and say coach coach he needs 20 yards to set the record coach I mean somebody should have let him know
3: listen I know that the the locks are are still very much up in the air as to who wins this year the money line sprinkles up in the air as to who wins this year I i I feel like I should get some sort of recognition for winning this year in terms of drafting our group of five teams. <laughs> now, I know that this is a you know, this might be a weekend where at least Tom can can sort of like feel what it's like to have a good team that you're a fan of, but y'all could have picked any team in the damn country and you took USF and ECU. And I took a, a Buffalo team that just put up a 70 spot (laughs) on Kent State to win and they're going to go undefeated this year and they're going to win the Mac and they and they just and I just and I just got to watch uh, my running back nearly break the all-time rushing records I mean how dumb do you guys feel right now
1: you know some people, when when they're playing NCAA football and they're starting a dynasty, some people start with Alabama. Some people want to start with Georgia State or UMass and build their way up. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Georgia State UMass guy. I want to be there for the journey. I don't want to just jump on at the end.
3: That's cool. I'm here for you comparing to Buffalo to, to, to <laughs> Alabama. I can live with that.
1: <laughs> Buffalo is the Alabama of the Mac for sure this year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. It was, Lance Leipold, that, that, that's, that is a coach, honestly, that.
1: He needs to be at a power
3: five chops. <laughs> like, what, whatever, whatever, if, if your job, like if you are a fan of a school and your job comes open, Lance Leipold is a better candidate than the guy you want. <laughs> I promise you it is. <laughs> like, this guy, all he does is win. Buffalo as a program hasn't won in the history of the school. Like just never. And he's he's put up uh supposed to be his third straight, fourth straight um uh, five hundred or better year. Mm-hmm. They're they're sending guys to the league. They're like and he and all he and he came from division three where he dominated division three like no one ever has. Like I don't know what else you want him to do. Like he he all he does is win.
1: I mean, yeah, he 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 dominated at Wisconsin Whitewater. He's dominating in the Mac. How he's not at the top of any Big Ten coaching list this offseason would boggle my mind.
3: I'm telling you, man. Who or else? Hell,
1: like if if Matt Campbell leaves for Michigan, then Iowa State should hire him.
3: But but and and you know what though? If, like, can you guys hear me? Yes. Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't Michigan just consider him? I know that that's. I know that sounds crazy. Oh, Michigan go hire the guy from Buffalo, but. No, I think Michigan Again, should. That that that's the type of guy you like. He, he's gonna win wherever he goes. Um, will he win a national championship? I don't know, but he'll 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 win. I'm not saying he's a better candidate than Campbell because Kevin Campbell will be a great candidate, um, but he's the type of guy that would go there and be really successful.
2: We got. Uh, let's see, walk off field goal in Baylor, Kent
3: State. We had. <laughs> that stung my money line sprinkle because Kansas State was control in control of that game the whole time now it was like in a very funky Kansas State way that they managed to keep control and that there was a lot of ugly kind of gross ball going on tonight yes. a lot of rain, a lot of nastiness a lot of bad offense um, Georgia put
2: up
1: 45 but I don't really feel like it unleashed JT Daniels at all they did on the very first drive like they were and then they just ran the ball the rest of the game.
3: That was the game Kirby Smart wanted last uh-huh. week. <laughs> like, <laughs> just going to hand this ball off. We're not going to throw it. We're not going to show you guys what we got here. They didn't have to throw it this week. That'd 332
2: point. rushing yards, 7.2 yards per carry with four rushing touchdowns. Uh Georgia's yeah. Georgia just ran the old uh hand the ball off offense. <laughs> didn't
1: does uh does does vanderbilt owe sarah fuller an apology why does oh, vanderbilt oh yeah. owe... you're never even giving her a shot
2: you know? oh does the offense owe sarah like, fuller yes that was it's, incredible
1: it does van is vanderbilt's offense a chauvinist i'm just asking the question so,
2: <laughs> so the i think barton made the point on twitter the thing that's a big bummer about the entire nation tuning into this game and being disappointed by Vanderbilt's offense is that Ken Seals has been kind of fun to watch this year and Vanderbilt's offense put up 35 on Kentucky and like has gotten a little loose from time to time. They were dropping dimes on Florida's secondary just last week and, uh, and everyone was watching today to see if they could just get in field goal range and Vanderbilt's offense couldn't do it.
3: Yeah. It's not as if Vanderbilt's offense has been good this year. It's just that Vanderbilt's offense is like the best part of right. their team. You know, like the thing that you could be encouraged by. And today they couldn't even get into field goal range. And I don't even think that they would have kicked it with her if they had gotten into field goal range. I think it would have been going for it on fourth down stuff. But they couldn't even – they didn't even get an option to, to, to try it. Um. I think the i i thought the what, what was y'all's take on the the sarah fuller stuff like were you guys um tuned into that were you excited about that
1: i i was excited i i was like sending messages to my niece letting her know about it and she was excited about it and i thought it was cool i thought it was great but then also in the back of my mind there's the thought that wow all it took for this to happen was a pandemic <laughs> you, you know what i mean it's like it's a great story but at the same time it's like it's kind of sad that it it took all of this just just to get one woman a chance at a power five program to kick and it's like and uh, i can't remember who it was but there was a story on it i think it was the vanderbilt soccer coach her coach at soccer who said well let's be real if we had a men's program they wouldn't come to us
2: i thought that uh it it was one of those moments where while all of college football can seem very big to us and sort of when we're in it, there's moments that I call uh, like today show moments or like, you know, upworthy moments where it's like, Oh yeah, but this is going to get outside your normal college football circle. This is going to get outside the normal people that you follow. This is, this is one of those moments. that's going to be on good morning America, you know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I was, I I pretty quickly recognized I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is one of those." So it's going to get like hammered really hard because they want to make sure they hit this other audience that normally would have zero interest in Vanderbilt Missouri, much less like college football Saturday in general. And so when you've got those moments like it's uh it, it's always good to like, remind yourself that like not everybody is you and is eating and breathing college football and the intricacies of the Vanderbilt personnel situation quite like you do. So I was, I was okay that it, it I, I was happy. I thought it was cool. And I was okay that it got, you know, really pushed hard because I understand that I'm not the audience that they're trying to reach
3: with that. Right. I thought it was just, so I, like, I also thought it was cool. I got three daughters, you know, like that's they, they are, um, I, like they're not engaged enough to where I could really even show them what was going on. Um, they were too crazy at the time, but you know, th- there's there's a it's a feel good moment. It's a it's it's a it's a good it's a, like an example that certainly you can sort of show um, little girls and 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 set up as a um, and something to be aspiring of. And yet, like I, I thought, it was really interesting because I'm in Nashville. I know a lot of Vanderbilt's people like people that played sports at Vanderbilt and at least based on the people I talked to there is very mixed reactions like there, it was not all lot, immense pride it was not all immense pride okay. in fact there was some like very um I would say even like borderline like angry upset reactions from like Vanderbilt people and 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 but and here's the thing I think I I, I I've I I sort of talked to people to try to like figure out exactly like where the emotions were coming from and I think I get it because when you are not invested in Vanderbilt, when you are purely a a sidewalk observer of the game of college football, then there's this this, this female kicking in the sport, and it's like, oh, that's cool. But if you're a Vanderbilt fan, and Vanderbilt is the team that sort of a girl is kicking, and they're getting beat 40 to nothing, and – you know, why Why is like why are we the program that is going to sort of bring a girl onto the field for this terrible team that's getting blasted? You know, Alabama isn't doing that. Like, we're, it's always us. It's always us at Vanderbilt that's sort of just this cute little story and not a program that's actually taken serious for football. I think that was sort of the, the emotion that a lot of Vanderbilt fans felt. Now, I don't want to speak for all of them. There's probably a lot of them that were also very prideful of the whole experience, and I and and I'm sure that's true as well, um, but I did think it was interesting just that a lot of Vanderbilt people were like, "Man, come on! Like, let's just do we not have a football team that we can just put out a football product and p- play competitive ball uh, instead of?" And I think they felt like it was a little bit of a, a well, it's PR. gotta be
2: exasperating because. Dumb,
3: well it's it's got to be exasperating
2: because you've been dealing with number issues the entire season, right? That yeah, that I, feeling I of
1: we don't have a team. Like I get if you're angry that your team's getting beat 41 to nothing, but you got to you would have been beaten 41 to nothing with a guy kicker. It's like why are you mad that it's a girl kicker?
3: I think because it's it's the the the, the feeling is that it's um this novelty. And like that they don't want to be known as this novelty. They want to be known as a good football team. They want to be like what they've, they've always been cute punchy little Vanderbilt that maybe they'll have a moral victory every once in a while. And this feels like another sort of moral victory. I, oh, forget that we just lost 40 to nothing. A girl kicked a 35 yard, you know, kickoff.
1: I think uh, I, uh, I hope that's mostly just a result of the team in the program sucking that it is, that it was a woman kicking for them. I, I just,
3: I don't don't think anyone's like, I don't don't think anyone is, is upset that they're, that, that. like, I think everyone universally respects the girl, you know, herself. I just thought it was, I think it's an interesting, um, it's interesting the way people receive it, uh, given sort of their association with it and, and, and how, how, you know, where they stand relative to Vanderbilt.
2: There might be some delusion in terms of where Vanderbilt should be too.
1: Yeah, I I, don't I just think that of, of all the things to be mad about, that just strikes me as weird. Because the you know, like why, if Illinois if Illinois had a, a female kicker, because they needed to, because in this season of all seasons, all this crap's going on, and they got beat forty-one to nothing, I wouldn't be sitting there being mad. It's like, what we got to have the girl kicker yeah, so yeah, people but, can watch us?
3: But I think the difference there is that Illinois has has had like stretches of competitiveness. They've there's been times where like. I think part of the issue is that there's this feeling that the administration at Vanderbilt isn't actually supportive of the football program, but they'll get behind this sort of um, Twitter campaign of like here's a like here's a sort of parade to grow out there on the field and be like this is us this is Vandy when it's like come on like put put some put some elbow grease behind actually supporting your football program I think is is sort of the.
1: I can get that, but I just think that this is,
3: yeah. Okay, that's fine.
1: I get it. I just
3: just thought it was, I I just, again, I'm not taking one side or the other. I just thought it was an interesting dichotomy of like the way people receive that experience.
2: Inspirational for (laughs) me. I
1: mean, I'm I'm not surprised, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. Seems kind of silly to me to be upset about that.
2: I mean, if Vanderbilt was better, they wouldn't have those feelings. Like, why is it always us?
1: That's what I'm saying. If, if Alabama, like, says, Hey, look at, because Alabama's never had a good kicker, <laughs> Alabama's kicker always sucks. But let's say Nick Saban finds a female soccer player in Alabama who's like a good kicker, and he's like, Well, crap. Okay, I'm going to put her on the team. And Alabama's winning national titles, and they have a female kicker. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be some Alabama fans who are like, "Oh, we got a girl kicker." But I just, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I under I think I, I'd like to think that whoever's frustrated about it, it's like you said, it's mostly born of just frustration with the administration, not the idea of the. I think girl it is. I think the that's the. Yeah.
3: I think that's kind of the point. Is yeah. that look, if, if if Vanderbilt has had sort of um, proven itself. Yeah, proven that it's supportive of his program, and and generally, then I think people would give you know a little bit more uh, credence to the to the move. Anyways, that's the Vanderbilt hour. <laughs> I do. I, it does feel like that the Derek Mason era could be coming to an end, though. Agree. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. And I I've got no feel on what that would look like. It's just,
1: I be a weird off season. I mean, I, I think that if Vandy does make that move, I, I don't think there's anybody that's going to argue against it, but I feel like of all the off seasons for Vandy to be on the market, looking for a coach, I just, I don't know if this is the right one.
3: I, I don't know that I agree with that though, because if you think about it, uh, I mean, what's the team going to look like next year? First of all, they've literally had like 27 transfers. Um, and so, so the team's going to be probably really bad next year, even though they have a couple key like pieces coming back that are talented, the team generally is hard to really envision it being a really good team. And this is year seven and I know it's pandemic year, but it is year seven without a winning season yet. And so I just, I do I wonder if, if you make a move now, you get, you're going to get, you're probably the, the coach you want, um, because no one else is chasing them. So I, I think it's a pretty interesting opportunity. Um, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm curious to see who they get.
2: Yeah, everyone's going to try to mention Dave Clawson just because of black and gold in private school, but Dave Clawson's about Dave to Clawson. beat Notre Dame here on <laughs> December 12th.
1: Yeah, that's, that's by the way, I, I'm happy that whoever pointed that out to us on Twitter that Chip, while he gets a lot of crap for being a Gator hater, is actually just as much of a... Dober I had hater.
3: no idea. <laughs> I had Chip. You're picking against either. Notre Dame every week, and they're calling you on it, man. And you know what that means? They're because, keeping score. No,
1: it means because, like, Chip's kind of playing it up when it comes to the Florida thing. Like he's steered into it. He's trying to rile it up. <laughs> the Notre Dame hate—it's real. He's Chip. mad that they're in the ACC. He's got that. He's got his like his his argyle ascot on, and he's <laughs> like, hmm, "They ain't real ACC." <laughs>
3: Chip's such a, like a, he's such a nice guy, but that dude leans into some hate now. <laughs> <laughs> he embraces the hate.
2: <laughs> I've I loved Notre Dame for the Notre Dame Unders, and as soon as that offense got cooking, they really just burned me. I could no longer count on them for being ineffective with no explosive or splash plays. As soon as Ian Books started playing the best ball of his college career, I just had to jump on the other side of that one as fast as I could.
1: Early prediction I want to make. Because it's like, I I talked about it in Slack a little bit today too. It's just, it struck me as we're watching the Iron Bull, like Bo Nix is Ian Book, right? So like in two years, because Bo Nix is bad now. Like Ian Book was bad a couple of years ago. So senior year, Bo Nix is going to have the Ian Book glow up. I'm calling it right now.
3: <laughs> just in time to save Gus Malzahn's job. Yes, yes. 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 He's gonna, he's gonna,
1: Auburn's gonna make it like an SEC title run and a playoff run in Bo Nix's senior year. He's gonna go Cam Newton on it, and he's just gonna carry that team. Gus is gonna get a seven year extension. Bo's gonna leave. And then they're going to go eight and five.
3: <laughs> well, this Ian Book thing is blowing up the whole idea of the the quarterback with the ceiling because I know, you know Ian, Book, Ian Book was the Jake Browning, right? It's just mm-hmm. oh, he starts as a freshman and oh, look at this guy, he's good and he oh, he's he's still just good. Oh, third year, oh, he's he's still just good. And fourth year, oh, he's just a, just another good year. And all of a sudden, Ian Book, he an elite, but he's gone from good to I don't know, really good, maybe great. Um, so I don't know, man, it starts to, you start to recalibrate things a little bit. Maybe Bo Nix does have a level up.
2: I think it can happen. And, uh, and me picking Wake Forest against Notre Dame has nothing to do with Notre Dame. hate. you, everyone knows Wake Forest is a difficult out. <laughs> they've, they, they've played the toughest schedule in the ACC, and yet they are still sitting here as like a top half team. Uh, all right. Anything else before we get out of here?
1: Uh, I want to send a quick shout out to Mister Hottest Fish Grease himself, UTSA. They got who did they play today? They beat uh, they beat North Texas. So UTSA and Jeff Trailer's first season is now. Where the hell is it? Yeah, they're oh, they're five and two. They're in first place in the Conference USA West Division.
3: One of those two losses was a money line sprinkled by me. So <laughs> against there's, BYU. There's seven
1: and, yeah, <laughs> they're seven and four on the season. They're five and two in conference play. I'm not sure how Conference USA's tiebreakers and all that stuff is going to work because UAB only has one conference loss, but it's only played three games. But I'm just saying, UTSA might be playing in the Conference USA championship this year in Jeff Traylor's first season. So and that's kudos
3: to them. And by the way, uh, Texas A&M's defense was awesome tonight.
1: It was, but LSU's offense also sucks.
3: Yeah, it did suck. It does suck. But but I'm just saying, like they and and yes, that was absolutely part of it. LSU was shuffling between two true freshman quarterbacks. Their offensive line looked overwhelmed. But LSU, they, I mean A and M, smelled some blood. Um, and they they were attacking, and that defensive line was was really good. They're blitzing from everywhere. Um, it just, uh, it, it's, and, and, it, and yet it was sort of a wasted defensive performance because Kellen Mond was absolute trash mm-hmm. and, uh, and the offense, I mean, Isaiah Spiller is pretty good in the run game here and there, but it it, it definitely was actually they had a, one
2: offensive like, touchdown.
3: Yeah. It felt like it felt like it had none. Um, it
2: was an Spil- but- Isaiah Spiller touchdown run in like the first quarter. Or early in the first half. That's it.
3: Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely like a mixed bag to take from that game. But but
2: Florida wasn't much better against Kentucky. I mean, again, I mentioned at the the top, like in terms of my notes of greatness from the day, Kyle Pitts returning to the game and having three touchdown grabs on five receptions. Dude's a monster.
3: Tom, are you are, are you a Heisman voter? Yes. Okay. Are you okay? I can't. I'm not sure what you're allowed to tell me. I cannot Um,
1: divulge my vote.
3: Okay. So let me just, let me just uh, present this to you. Vote for Devontae Smith, number one. Vote for Kyle Pitts, number two. And then you can do whatever you want with the rest of them because those are the two (laughs) best players in college football right now. All right. I don't, I don't, I can say, Tom, don't be a sheep.
1: Don't, I could don't say turn that this into
3: a quarterback award. Stick to your pencils. I'm not.
1: I'm not. I listen, I can't I don't know who I'm voting for yet. I haven't decided. Devontae Smith is one million percent in the running. He's gonna
2: hold the Heisman Trophy over the field in the big body bins in Atlanta. And he's just going to have a ladder match. And it's just going to be Mac Jones against Kyle Trask against Devontae Smith. And they're all going to fight for it on December 19th to see who gets the trophy.
1: All I'll say is that I have said many times that I believe a wide receiver will win the Heisman before
3: another running back does. And I'll leave it at that. All right. I just want to state for the record my non-existent Heisman vote is going to Devontae Smith. Enthusiastically.
1: (laughs) I will say just for the sake of debate, I think Kyle Pitts is great. I think Kyle Pitts will be drafted before Kyle Trask, and I think he should be drafted before Kyle Trask. I think Kyle Pitts should definitely be a top 10 pick. But even in the games without Pitts... Trask put up some really, really, really good numbers, and Pitts did miss games. I think that even in a season like this one where we have a small sample, that has to be taken into consideration.
3: I get that. I get that. In theory, though, had Kyle Trask missed a game and Emory Jones was throwing the ball around, I bet you Kyle Pitts still goes off. <clears throat> I bet he and does, too, because he wouldn't Trask have to catch play- those
1: paper planes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh man, you go get them Florida people wild up again. (laughs) It just calmed down from last week. I
1: I love it. We're arguing that they have two Heisman
3: candidates. That's right.
1: (laughs) It's going to split votes.
3: What about Kadarius
1: tony We should have three.
2: (laughs) Not after today. No, (laughs) not after today. Uh,. He is Tom Fernello. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernello. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the Cover 3 podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on YouTube, youtube.com slash Cover 3. And, of course, you can see the Cover 3 podcast in its entirety in the CBS Sports app on your OTT device. Go ahead and check it out. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: You.